Thank you for tuning in to Acts to Life. We're going to go ahead and get into this because, once again, a lot of ground to cover and 30 minutes to do it. So, I want to call this being defined as Pentecostal. Being defined as Pentecostal. And the um, disclaimer here is, once again, not targeting any person, any family, church, organization, or group. Um, you know, I love being Pentecostal apostolic. Um, you know, I, I consider it a, a privilege to uh, be a part of the church. Um, and then, of course, the organization that I'm a part of, all that. I, I love it. Um, thankful for it. Thankful for all these opportunities. And so I just want to throw all that in there right here at the beginning. So um, being defined as Pentecostal. We we love uh, we we as humans we love being uh, um, identified. We love having definition. We love having boundaries. We love uh, knowing identities. Um, this this world is full of people who is who is seeking identity, um, and unfortunately, the, this this lost world that we are living in, it's uh, more. It's more than just a spiritual location that they are lost. It's also the spiritual identity that they have lost. Um, it's not just a heaven and hell as, as though it is a location. Um, it, this, this abyss, this uh, uh, natural world that we are living in right now, is, it's, it's more than just a location. It's, it's a place for us to find our purpose and our identity. Uh, we seek trends, we seek fashions, we seek a new vehicle, we want a bigger home, we want uh, to live in certain parts of town, we want to go to that school, or we're associated with that uh, uh, sobriety uh, club. We're, um, uh, we have uh, certain clothing stores that we like to go to, we um, eat certain uh, food brands or f from, uh, get our groceries from certain uh, grocery stores. We associate ourselves with certain friend circles. We uh, have specific church signs out. We uh, have certain beliefs. We join different movements. There's different things in our world right now that we as humanity, uh, humanity, we associate ourselves to something that we want to think is bigger than us. And many times it is bigger than just in the individual. We, we want to be associated with something successful. We want to be associated with people that are, are there. You know, they're on that high level. They've moved up the ranks. They've, uh, they've grown. They're popular. They've got money. They've, we, we want to be associated with success. We want to be identified with something that's real. Um, and no one truly lives free from boundaries. Not even the rebellious teenagers. Even if a teenager was left alone to do whatever he or she wanted to do, this, this world would still force themselves into a mold and into boundaries that they have set out for these young people. But they'll call it freedom. We call it what's well, being me or I'm free to be me, when in fact we are only copying something or someone else as we are pursuing that quote-unquote freedom. 
the only true freedom, the only true identity, the only true definition we can have is in Christ Jesus. And I know everybody that's listening to this, I'm sure you already know all of that. We as humanity, we love definition, we love boundaries, we love finding our identity, our purpose. However, however, even within Pentecost, we can fall into the trap of seeking identity outside of Christ Jesus while calling it Pentecostal. Now, I was going to call this episode something else, but after some Godly, wise counsel. You know who you know who I'm talking about. If you're listening, if you know, you know. Okay. After some godly, wise, wise counsel, I changed the title of just being defined as Pentecostal. We have to be careful to criticize, preach against, laugh at, push down other beliefs or organizations and how they do things. For an example. We cannot criticize other religions for following the word of a human leader. Take everything at face value and live what he quote-unquote preaches at their gatherings. When we as Pentecostals, if we're not careful, we don't open our Bibles outside the four walls of the church house. We simply hear the word of God through a man of God with no study, thought, prayer, or further reading of the scriptures for ourselves. We allow ourselves to base our eternal destination and decisions upon a human's teaching on Sunday or Wednesday services. We have to be careful. We have to be careful not just to take this one man's word, this preacher, this pastor, and as as, as godly and as uh, uh, well-meaning, as prayerful and uh, studious in the word as that man of God is, that it is a man of God, we cannot just listen to the preaching on Sunday morning or on Wednesday night, and then we don't pursue anything beyond that. And then criticize other religions and other organizations of taking someone's word and running with it and living their life on it and doing things that we look at and go, well, that's not right. Well, that's not biblically correct. That's not what the Bible says. But they got there somehow. It was a slippery slope slope years ago that they have fell into the trap in it today and their children and the next generation, the next generation has continued on that tradition of that church or that organization or that religion. And now thousands and millions of people has been living in an error of doctrine or a doctrinal error because there was a generation that simply took the word from maybe a man or a woman of God or someone that was a studious person, someone that was a leader, someone that uh, studied uh, uh, scriptures or someone who um, uh, thought they was doing good and doing right or loved people. Uh, you know, no matter what the religion is, no matter what the organization is, that they, they, they thought they were doing the right thing. They thought they, they were doing the right things in their own eyes, but, but we look at it today and go, well, that was not right. That is a spirit of error. That's a false religion. Well, they they have a spirit of uh, uh, error moving in their midst and in their uh, their church. 
Well, it started because someone did not get into the scriptures themselves when we're looking at within Christianity. That they're just taking the word of someone behind a pulpit or someone who had a microphone or someone who had a leader personality about them. We cannot afford to place our full admiration, our dedication, our spiritual persuasion into a particular person or thing or idea outside of Jesus Christ. I'll say it again. I love being Pentecostal. I love being apostolic. I, I, I love it. It is amazing. This is the best thing going. Uh, uh, the church, this movement here, this apostolic movement is the best thing going on the planet Earth. But we cannot afford to place our full admiration, our dedication, our spiritual persuasion into a particular person or thing or idea outside of Jesus Christ. I, I, once again, I love being apostolic. I love being Pentecostal. That is what I tell people when they ask, hey, what are you when I'm discussing religion with them? I am a oneness apostolic Pentecostal. And, and we Pentecostals, we love to preach about it. We love to sing about it. We love talking about it. We will dance, shout, run, clap, roll, sing, amen, all things Pentecostal. But... If we are not careful, we will become trapped into the ide ideology that we created and lose track on what it means to be Pentecostal. If we are not careful, our children will shout in church. They'll run the aisles. They'll shout. They'll leap. They'll clap. They'll dance. But they don't know apostolic doctrine. We will love, we, 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 we will have worship services with Pentecostal songs, but we don't know Him for whom we are singing. We will preach and love hearing preaching, but we will become more dedicated to strong preaching than the changing power of Christ and His Word in our hearts. We're quick and running to altars because we enjoyed the preaching and not quick and running to altars because it convicted us to change ourselves. We're quick to share sermons because it entertained us. It made us laugh. It made us go, ooh, that was good. But it was not because we walked away changed from it. We cannot afford to fall asleep to the drumbeat of shouting Pentecost while the lost world around us only knows Pentecost as a religion contained within the four walls of a shouting church, something within the book of Acts alone, or something that was in the 1950s Brush Arbor meeting, or something that is a church history wall, or some story that, or stories that older preachers recall in their sermons. I am thankful for the history, the dedication, the sacrifice of those that's gone on before us. But if we expect this generation that we live among to accept a religion or a belief based upon something we can recall or on somebody or we love and admire or somebody that we loved from our church history, forget it. Because most, if not all, religions already have that to some form or another. Pentecost has to be something worth experiencing today.
Whether we sit on the pew, whether we live under a bridge, whether we're in a rich house, poor house, white house, outhouse, it doesn't matter where we live. It doesn't matter what brand of clothing we wear. It doesn't matter what food and what grocery store we shop at and what, what food we eat. It doesn't matter if you eat at McDonald's and you think that is the highlight of the year or you eat at five-star restaurants every day. It doesn't matter where you get your food. It doesn't matter what clothes you wear and what kind of house you live in. Pentecost has to be something worth experiencing today. It doesn't matter if you define yourselves as Pentecostal, Baptist, Lutheran, uh, 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 Islamic, or whatever religion or belief system, if you have one. It doesn't matter what title you put on this. Pentecost has to be something worth experiencing today. And it's not just so we can claim to be Pentecostal. It's not just so we can say, well, I've got a Pentecostal heritage. It's not just so that we can have an identification as an apostolic. Because, see, God is not into the titles like, like humanity cares so much about when we're talking about religion or belief system or, or whatnot. Now, understanding that when we say, hey, I'm Pentecostal, hey, I'm oneness apostolic, yes, that may answer some questions right there at the beginning of a conversation. It may help uh, 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 in a conversation with somebody when we're discussing the differences and maybe our beliefs. Uh, maybe it sets the stage when we're introducing ourselves. I mean, yes, that may be something worth uh, uh, keeping under our hat, something that we can uh, uh, kind of show forth or talk about a little bit with people and kind of set the stage. But being defined as Pentecostal is more than just a sign in our front yard. It's more than a de decal on our bumper. It's more than a dress code that we adhere to. It's more than songs that we dance to. Being defined as Pentecostal means that we are just like the people in the book of Acts, those that walked and talked with our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's, the, it's saying that we are just like those who raised the dead, healed the sick, spoke to kings, had all-night prayer meetings over one person, seen thousands of people saved, continued daily in doctrine, was transported through space, killed, uh, killed, uh, 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 killed so other people can hear the gospel. They cast out devils. They turned an evil, corrupt empire upside down on its own road system. If we cannot say we have done these things, I'll let you finish that. If we cannot show those things in our daily lives, if our churches are not filled with crutches and empty wheelchairs and eyeglasses and hearing aids, if our churches have, uh, uh, have open and closed door hours, if our prayer room is empty of people, if our children don't know Bible characters, they don't know the Bible stories and, and doctrinal verses, uh, they may know Acts 2.38, but they can't give you five or six passages of the Scripture of what we believe doctrinally. They cannot give you the why of why we dress this way, the why do we attend this, why we don't go there, what does the Bible say about these principles? If our mayor and our city council, our church neighborhood, doesn't even know where the church is located. I mean, well, we, 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 we dance in the altars. 
We have the Pentecostal songs that we sing. We have the sermons that we preach. We have the dress code. We have the talk in the church lobby. We have the banners in our parking lot. We have the title on the church sign. We have the church cards that are catchy. We have the church website that states what we believe. We have these things, but do we have the book of Acts thing? We define ourselves as Pentecostal. To be defined as Pentecostal, that means we are raising the dead. We are casting out devils. We are having all night prayer meetings. We know the doctrine. We know what we believe. We're healing the sick. We're speaking in front of uh, uh, government officials. We are doing things where we're seeing thousands of people saved. We're, and then some. If we are defining ourselves as Pentecostal, this is what Pentecostal is. I want this to be more than a title that we give ourselves. I want this to be more than just another quote-unquote middle name that we put, put on our names. I want this to be more than just a church sign that I pass by when I pull into the church parking lot. I want this to be more than a song uh, uh, that I sing or a style of, uh, of music that I, I dance to. I want this more to, to be uh, more than just a sermon that I enjoy and go, oh man, that was a good sermon. Oh man, he just tore it up. Man, that was, oh man, that was so good. I want this to be more than just those things. I want to say that when I am saying I am Pentecostal, that it is a state and making a statement that I am a part of something that is changing this world and shaking it up, that the dead are being raised that the sick are being healed, blind eyes are being opened, deaf ears are being unplugged, that tongues are being loosened, that people's getting the Holy Ghost, that people are lining up to get baptized in Jesus' name, that the, the, the altars are being flooded with people in repentance, that people are, are knocking on our house doors and asking for prayer because they see the glory hanging over our homes. Those are the things where I don't even have to tell people I'm Pentecostal because, to be honest, they don't care. They don't care what title we put on our church sign as long as they know that there's something in those four walls that because they've got cancer in their body, they know that place, whatever there, I don't even know the church name. I don't even know who's preaching. I, I don't even know the pastor's name. I don't know, but there's something about there. There's a glory cloud I seem to see hanging over that building. It may be in the worst part of town. It may be in the best part of town. I don't care. I don't care if there's graffiti on the side of the, the, the wall. I don't care if there's a drug deals going on just a hundred feet away from the building. I don't care what, what, what the parking lot looks like, if it's full or empty or whatever. I just know I need to get there. 
I want uh, this 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 to be defined as Pentecostal to where they don't even have to know we're Pentecostal. They just know, hey, I can talk to that person because something happens every time they pray. All I know is, like, what was that one man in the scripture? He says, all I know is, is that I was blind, but now I see. I mean, he didn't really even know who Jesus was. But all he knew was, is that he was blind, but then he could see. That is what being defined as Pentecostal is about, where it's not about, hey, I'm Pentecostal, but it's just simply, I know that person, God answers their prayer. Hey, I don't know what God they worship, but whatever, whoever that is, I want to be a part of that. I, that is my God. I, 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 I want to go to wherever they go. I want to worship where they worship. I... I I, I, I am Pentecostal. Being saying I am Pentecostal is not equal to I am saved. This is not a social club. This is not a platform for my kingdom or for my comfort and acceptance into a group of people. This is not supposed to be a band-aid to my fear of rejection. Let us be Pentecostal. Not just a title that we give ourselves, something that we love to sing about, we something we love to preach about. And once again, as the disclaimer at the very beginning of this episode, this is not directed towards any person, any family, any church, organization, or group of people. This is just us as being Pentecostal. Let us be Pentecostal. Let it become so much of our lifestyle, we don't even have to tell people that we're Pentecostal. Let this become such a lifestyle and a way our church service is run that it doesn't matter if we get to sing our third song or if the sermon gets to be preached or the pastor didn't get, whether he got to finish his sermon or not, or, or whatever it is, that lives are being changed, the devils are being cast out, that people's names are being written in the Lamb's book of life, that people are being baptized, that they're lining up, they're ready to go go, that they're being filled with the Holy Ghost before even people lays hands on them, that they're running to an altar of repentance or they're falling in between the pews and repenting. That is what Pentecostal is all about. It's not a title that we fantasize about and going, oh, I'm the Pentecostal. Oh, that's who I am. And we just sing and shout and dance about because I'm Pentecostal. No, that is not what Pentecostal is about. It's not about if I can sing about it 15 times in one verse. It's not about how many times I can say it in a sermon. What it's about, what it means to be defined as Pentecostal, is when I relate and I look at the book of Acts and go, just as they served Christ in that book, so are we doing it today. Because this latter rain is going to be greater than the former rain. 
Everything that we read in the book of Acts, we should be having it tenfold, a hundredfold in our church services, in our neighborhoods, in our cities, in our nation, in our lives, in our neighborhoods. It should be something that is something we think about in the morning when we put our head on the pillow at night. It should be something that keeps us awake sometimes in the middle of the night because it's something that grips a hold of us, that we're like, I am Pentecostal. I am a follower of Christ because when Jesus picked those 12 individuals, they were just ordinary men from a man's point of view. They were the fishermen. They was the tax collector. They were uh, people that were zealous for a cause. And Christ says, hey, I handpick you. I handpick you. I handpick you. And then he invested three years, about three years into their lives. And he says, hey, what you see me do, you're going to do it too. And you're going to preach this and you're going to speak to nations. You're going to speak to kings. You're going to do, you're going to turn this world upside down. Jesus Christ, God manifested in the flesh, was one being on this earth walking around, but he produced and uh, parted into 12 men. I know one fell, to the, fell astray, but there was 11 men. And then the other disciples that loved Jesus, the mother of Jesus and so forth, all the 120 in the upper room, then God fell as the prophet, prophet said, hey, you know, it's coming. And and here we are today, 2,000 years later. This is the movement. This is the, 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 uh, 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 the force that should still be going strong as though it was in the book of Acts and then accelerated even further because we have more people on this earth to win. We've got more tools. We've got more uh, technology. We've got good grief, all this different stuff that we've got to help get this message out. We need all hands on deck. We need everyone. And we've got to get to a place where it's more than I'm Pentecostal. It's more than I'm apostolic. But it becomes something that grips a hold of us that whether we sing a song about being Pentecostal or not, there is a dance in our step because of what Christ did in our lives. That whether or not the preacher talked about the blood or talked about Holy Ghost or whatever he preached on, that there is still a conviction that our hearts are still soft towards the word of God. That when we run up to the altar, it is still where it's like, here I am, Lord. Here I am. Use me. God, speak to me. God, work on me. And as our pastor and my pastor said this past Sunday, he says, you know, it's not just enough that we know him, but he knows us. And I, I want this, this whole episode here of this podcast, I want this, what it means to be defined as Pentecostal. What does it mean? Because if we're not careful, being Pentecostal and having that on the church sign, we can still lose out. That whole church could still go unsaved when this thing is all wrapped up. 
Because I'm Pentecostal does not mean I am saved. Saying I am Pentecostal does not mean I am a follower and disciple of Jesus Christ. Saying I am Pentecostal does not mean I am a direct uh, uh, partner with those in the book of Acts. I am Pentecostal is just a term, a, t- a title that we give this to help us bridge the gap of, of a communication with other people. But there is going to come a day and a time. In fact, it's already here for some. In fact, some of you listening, you're probably already experiencing this, that you don't even have to say you're Pentecostal, you're apostolic, you're oneness, whatever it is, that they're just flooding in. Whatever you got, that, that's what I want. Whatever God you're, you're worshiping, that is the one I need to worship. What, I, I don't know what you believe, who you are. I don't even know your name. I, I, but what, whatever you got, that is what I want. And we better have something more than silver and gold or a title of I'm Pentecostal. We better have something to say, such as I have, give I thee. I greatly appreciate you all listening uh, to this episode. And I normally don't say a prayer uh, in these episodes, but I feel to pray it. Lord Jesus, I ask right now to whoever's listening to this episode that, Lord, I need to work on this, but we all need to work on this. Would you touch our hearts? Would you touch our minds? that what we see and read and hear about in the book of Acts, that it becomes our lifestyle, that it's something more than I'm Pentecostal, but it becomes who we are day by day by day. It is we live it, we breathe it, we preach it, we sing about it, but we are, we become it in Jesus' name. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time.